Well, hey there, athletes. This is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong Unsculpted podcast, the podcast by me, Kim Constable, aka the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and, of course, all things sculpted. And I know that we've been doing loads of Q&As in this podcast um, over the last couple of months, mostly because, to be honest, I was actually in Australia having an amazing vacation and I um, didn't have an awful lot of time to record all the podcasts before I went away. So my very talented creative director, Mark, who is also very pernickety on sound. Hi, Mark. He was turning all of my Q&As into podcasts, which I know you guys have been really enjoying. So I don't think that you've been missing out having the Q&As as podcasts, but I'm so excited to be here recording another podcast live for you because this is something that I have wanted to talk about for a while, except I didn't really have a good in to talk about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, although a question came up this week in my four-week shred private Facebook group in which I do a live Q&A every single week. And in this week's Q&A, um, this one of the members asked a question which allowed me to dive deeper into a subject that I am very passionate about and that really holds a lot of people back whenever they are starting in the gym or starting on their health and fitness journey. And that is about what results you should expect from doing a fitness program and how quickly you should expect results. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive deep into the subject, what I would love to do is remind you that every single month we do a giveaway of someone who has left a review um, of the Sculpt and Shred podcast um, on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. Do not do it on our website though. We don't count the ones on the website. We just count the ones on whatever platform it is that you listen on whether it be iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, um, leave a review. We choose somebody who has left um, an amazing review and we offer them one of our programs for free, which could be the 18-month Sculpt and Shred program currently closed. So you would get really like early access to it. We are opening it again, actually, in March this year. So the Sculpt and Shred 18-month program only opens once a year. Um, it opened last year. It's opening again this year in March. So if you are interested in finding out more about the Sculpt and Shred program, you can go to our website, um, thesculptedvegan.com forward slash join will take you straight there. Or you can just go to the website, click on the Sculpt and Shred page, and you'll be able to read all about the Sculpt and Shred program, which only opens once a year, which literally is your golden ticket to sculpting the body of a physique athlete in 18 months. Yes, it is 18 months long. And people are like, 18 months? Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, you know what, sweetie? That's how long it actually takes. I'm not here to bullshit you. I'm not here to mess you around. I'm just here to get you results. So if you leave a review, however, you could win a Sculpt and Shred program. And it's currently the only way that you can get into the program um, until March 2020. So if you're listening to this podcast after March 2020, you may be too late. You won't be able to get in, but you can leave a review at any time and we will choose a winner at random and we will announce it on my Instagram page every single month. So make sure that you do that at the end of this podcast. So let's get into the content today um, that I want to talk about, which I said a little bit earlier, is about what results you should expect from a fitness program and how soon you should expect results. So the content for this podcast today came from a question that we got, and I'm going to give Kerry a little shout out. So it was Kerry Goring asked the question in our private Sculpt and Shred or in our private four-week Shred group. And I'll tell you what the question was, and then I will um, I will answer it here live in a completely different way, more in-depth way than I answered it in the live in the Facebook group. So she said, um, hi, Kim, I know the ins and outs of why some of us are seeing results in week two and others not. She said, me being one of them. So her being one of the ones who isn't seeing the same results that she thinks she should be seeing. She said, we really just need some of that positive Kim energy to get us through the next week. People's pictures are fab, but I'm sitting here looking like I'm going to drop a baby any day soon. I'm sticking to everything in the plan. I just need some love as I'm feeling really disheartened. So I absolutely love this question. And before I, I, I dive deep into it, I want to tell you a story about my own personal journey. So whenever I was um, younger, many of you have heard me tell this story or tell several of these stories, which is, you know, I was a bit obsessed with losing weight. I was always on the latest um, weight loss fad. I always, always, always wanted to have six pack abs. I loved having like lines in my quads. And I remember the only time that I was ever really, really ripped was whenever I was younger, 
And I was um, riding horses professionally. I was about 18, 19 at the time. And I was a size, a UK size six. Okay. Now, UK size six, I think, is, a, is an American size two or four, maybe. Hang on. Uh, an American, yeah, American size two. Okay. So I was an American size two. I'm not sure what that is in Australia size because I know we have listeners all over the world. But anyway, I was very, very, very petite because I'm five foot eight. And the only time that I was ever really, really ripped and very low body fat was whenever I was 19, I had the metabolism of a steam train had never had any children, had a very, you know, tight, taut 18, 19-year-old stomach, and I was a size at UK size six. So didn't have a lot of, you know, obviously muscle that I have now, but I was very, very slim. And I absolutely loved being that slim. And I always, I think, wanted to get back there. I always, you know, when it, from I was young, I've always loved muscles. Of course, that's why I built my whole career and company around it. But whenever I was young, I loved muscles. I loved being ripped. I loved having a really good body. So I um, was always looking for the next weight loss fad. I didn't know about bodybuilding years ago. I didn't know that you could change the shape of your body through building muscle, raising your metabolism, all of that stuff that I teach now. I just thought that in order to transform your body, you needed to lose weight, you needed to lose body fat. And this, I think, is what many people believe, which is why our programs, especially our shred programs, do so, so, so well. Um, well, that, and they get absolutely epic results, of course. So I, anyway, I, I had um, always looking for the latest fad and I had found a book, a very famous book by um, an author, many of you will have heard of him, his name is Tim Ferriss. Um, hi Tim, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're probably not, but I love Tim and he wrote this book called um, The 4-Hour Body. Now The 4-Hour Body was um, basically a fat loss bible. It was a very comprehensive book. It was about two inches thick. Tim has used himself as like, you know, a human guinea pig and he dives deep into the science of things, which I love because I totally geek out on it. And um, one of the principles of the four-hour body was the slow carb principle, okay? So it's a lot of, a lot of still what I teach actually, a lot of the stuff that I learned from the four-hour body, I incorporated into my own program whenever I became a bodybuilder. And I use a lot of the principles that I learned there. But um, Tim promised to, I think his big promise was that you could lose 4% body fat in two weeks on this program. So you could lose 2% body fat in one week and, you know, 2% the next week. And for any of you truly, like you should check out Tim's book. It really is amazing. And it gives you so many, um, so, so many good um, so much information. So, sorry, I'm getting I'm like my mind is wandering already. I'm like I'm like Kim, stay on task. Um, it gives you so much information about about fat loss. So, I decided whenever I read this book, I was really excited. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm I'm, I'm gonna lose four percent body fat in in two weeks. And so I enrolled two friends to do it with me. And I was like, Who wants to do this? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, me, me. Because of course everybody wants to lose to lose body fat. So I got these friends around, and I was like, Right, we're gonna take pictures of each other, and we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're gonna follow the principles and we're going to like write them down and we're, we're really going to do this. So we came, you know, I got my two friends around and we had kids like running around all over the place and we all took photos of each other. We took our measurements, you know, we were going to measure everything. We were going to figure everything out. So they came around and we did that and we started doing this program. So let me, let me just tell you something about me, okay? I am a very, very positive person. So I think that you either have a positive mindset or you have a negative mindset. Not negative, but I think that, you know, some people would call it more realistic. Uh, my husband, I would say, Ryan, is a lot more realistic than me. Um, and I, you know, my cup is always half full. I'm always seeing the positive side of things. I'm always seeing the good side of things. I'm always, you know, I'm always like, you know, like laughing and joking and seeing, seeing the best in people and the best in every situation. So whenever I started doing this, I was convinced, like I was, I was just so convinced that I was getting results. Okay. And and so after one week, I was like feeling my stomach and listen, I didn't have that much fat to lose anyway. I was really quite skinny as it was, not skinny, but I always had like this pocket of fat around my belly button after having four kids that I could never get rid of. But, you know, I was like, I can definitely, I can definitely feel the fat. And I would feel my stomach, you know, in the, in the shower in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I can feel the fat melting away. And people would say, oh, you know, what is this diet you're doing? I'm like, oh, it's the four hour body. Like when I, when I get into something, I become obsessive with it. That's why I'm a successful businesswoman. That's why I'm a successful, you know, um, athlete because I, when I go in, when I go down the rabbit hole, 
I go down the rabbit hole. I am such a type A. So I was like, people were saying, oh, what's this? There was this thing you're doing. And I'd be like, oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's like, it's called the four weeks before our body. And it's totally amazing. And like, look at me, look at my stomach. And I would like lift my top up and I'd be like flaunting my stomach. I'm the kind of person that believes I can talk, I can talk things into reality. You know, like if I just say it to be so, then it shall be so. Like this is kind of how I, how I live my life. And it's a great way to be, but it's also like not very good sometimes for really, you know, it, I, it, I've learned how to measure data as I've gotten older and as I started running a big company and, you know, and, and tracking and planning things in my body. But before this, I was just like, yeah, it's amazing. And I say, this is the best program I've ever been on in my entire life. And, and I, I like, look at this and you should do this too. And I was like enrolling all my friends and my family. And I was saying to my dad, you, you should do this. And I was saying to my best friends, you should do this. And my sister, and you should do this. And I was trying to drop my husband into doing it. And I was, you know, whenever I do something, I want everybody to do it. I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I wanted everybody to do it, right? So, you know, here's the thing, right? Did I lose 2% body fat in the first week? I have no fucking clue because I didn't measure my body fat really accurately. Like I did it like I used an online calculator, which really wasn't very accurate at measuring body fat. I had no clue how to measure body fat in those days. So I really didn't, I really didn't do it very well. But I was convinced that after one week, I had definitely lost 2% fat. What did I base it on? Nothing. Just a feeling. Just a feeling like, fair enough, I was feeling my abs and I was looking in the mirror and I was convinced that I could see more definition. And I was crunching my abs. It was all about the abs in those days. I was crunching my abs and I was taking photographs and I was like, you know, moving from side to side. And if I saw like my abs in a really good light and the light was shining down, I was like, wow, look at those abs. And I was like, you know, this is the first time in my life I've ever seen abs. And, you know, I was showing people my progress pictures and, you know, I was like, look, look, look at this, look at this. Now, <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Did I, like, was this really the best fitness program I'd ever been on or the best weight loss, fat loss program I'd ever been on? I don't know. Like, was it good and did I learn an awful lot? Absolutely. Like, did I get results? Yes, I think I did. But like, were the results conducive to my reaction? Probably not, right? But my reaction was more to do with the fact that I am a very positive, very happy, very easygoing person. And I love to see the good in things and I love to see the positive in things. And if I'm doing something, I suffer from a little bit of cognitive dissonance in that I want to believe that this is the best possible thing I could ever do in the world. It's like anything I do, I do so enthusiastically. I'm like a puppy. I am like enthusiastic like a puppy. And people are like who are not as enthusiastic as me are always rolling their eyes a little bit. And my husband especially is like, you know, well, maybe it's like it, it's the best thing you've ever done in the whole world, Kim, is it? And I'm like, yes, the best thing I've ever done in the whole wide world. He's like, really the best thing. You've never done anything better. Like he hates it when I exaggerate. And I'm such an exaggerator. So um, what so so what does this story have to do with, you know, anything to do with what I'm talking about? Well, here's the crux of it, right? How you perceive life has everything to do with how you perceive your progress, okay? How you perceive life has everything to do with how you perceive your project progress. If you are the kind of person who's glass, like me, whose glass is always half full, then you're going to think that your progress is epic. You're going to see the good in every small change that you see in your body whenever you start a program or whenever you start a business or whenever you start whatever. You're going to see the positive. If you're the kind of person who doesn't see the positive, then you're not going to be just quite as excited and you're not probably going to see the same results in inverted commas results, i.e. perceptual results, you know, that other people see. So what was happening in our four-week shred group is many of the people two weeks in, and believe me, this is the, like it's marketed, okay, as the world's most insane fat loss program. That is actually how I market it because I know there are uh, there are a group of crazy bastards like me who love to do the world's most insane fitness program. And then there's other people who are like, no, don't even come near me with that shit. I'm not doing it. And then there's other people like me. You're like, yay, the world's most insane fitness program. I'm totally excited to do this. And so, you know, people are posting in the group and they're posting two weeks in. So they're two weeks into the challenge and they are posting two weeks in. So there's a lot of people who are saying, I know, I know why we're not supposed to take, you know, measure ourselves or weigh ourselves. You know, as I always say, stay off the sad step. Say, so don't, don't get on it. See the sad step, aka the scale. See the sad step, get, put it away. Put it away. Just don't even take it out. And, and of course, people are like, I promise I won't weigh myself. And then they're sneaking off and they're like, maybe I'll just step on it just, just for a little bit, but I won't pay any attention to it. I'll just step on it just to see. And the sad step can either make you feel very happy or 
very suicidal, depending on what it says. So, but anyway, it's not really an accurate representation all the time of progress. So um, we always say stay off the sad step. But of course, halfway through, people are like, can't help themselves, right? They've been working their fucking asses off, working like a bitch for the last two weeks or a bastard, depending on whether you're male or female. My language is really terrible today. I do apologize in advance. And um, so they're, they're working really, really hard. And after two weeks, so some people are posting their progress pictures in the group. They're like, this is the most amazing program I've ever been on. Like, I can't believe this. Like, I, I, I put on a t-shirt today that two years ago I put on and it didn't fit me. I couldn't even get it down over my stomach. And look, today I, I put it on and and there's room in it. And maybe this t-shirt is like the t-shirt that this person uses to gauge their progress, right? Maybe this t-shirt is the t-shirt. Like, you know the way you have skinny jeans? You know the way you have that pair of jeans? I don't know about you, right? But like I used to, maybe it's not much now that I'm 40, but certainly when I was younger, I used to have that pair of jeans. You know that pair of jeans? In fact, I do still have a pair. Okay, I do still have a pair. The pair of jeans that you, you can only fit into when you're really skinny or when you're like, whenever you're really like svelte and you've been working really hard. And these jeans, are like, you know, are like your badge of honor that you put on whenever you've like really stuck to your diet and you've, you know, you've been going to the gym and you feel like you've succeeded and you put on your jeans and you're like, they just slid on like a glove, you know, and you're like, woo, look at me over here all like, you know, uh, Jimmy and athlete and like achieving my goals and all. And then there'll be time when you'll like, you'll, you'll like, you'll want to actually punish yourself and you'll like go, I wonder do the skinny jeans fit and, you, and your, your mind goes, don't even do it. Don't go there. Don't, don't, and you're like, I'll just see, I'll just, and you're like, no, 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 you know, this is not going to end well. Don't do, but you can't help it. You put it on and you're like, uh, uh, and you're like struggling to do up the skinny jeans. And you're like, yeah, maybe too many burritos, too many bottles of wine over the last couple of weeks or months. And, um, and so, you know, the skinny jeans and then you're like, that's motivation. Right. That's it. I'm going to lose some weight. And so the skinny jeans do their job. They make you feel shit enough so that you'll go to the gym. Right. So maybe, you know, some people in the Facebook group have this have this item of clothing. And for this particular member, it was maybe a t-shirt. I think I saw someone posting about a t-shirt. That's why I'm talking about this. So for her, this t-shirt is the gauge of progress. It's like, it's like the golden t-shirt. Forget the golden ticket. This is the golden t-shirt. If I fit into this t-shirt, this means success. Like fitting into the t-shirt means success. And so this woman is like, will I, won't I? Will I, won't I? And after two weeks, she's like, I've been working hard enough to feel like I can put on the t-shirt. And, and so she like, you know, I can imagine she's going to the, the to her wardrobe and she pulls out the t-shirt and she pauses for a second before she slips it on over her head and oh, the t-shirt fits. It's like, oh my God, like the Holy Grail, like, you know, has like in front of her. So she's posting in the group going, this is the most insane, amazing fitness program ever in the world. And she's like so excited because she believes that her progress is absolutely epic. Okay. And this actually happened as well with, you know, um, Jamie, who is the operations manager in Team Sculpted Vegan, she has been struggling for, you know, with her weight for years. Just very typical of, you know, um, of your average person who would, you know, even join one of our programs in that she had run marathons, she'd trained for marathons, she, you know, believed herself to be a healthy eater. She, you know, she she did everything right by the book, but what she never did was track or manage. She never tracked her calories, never tracked her food, never tracked her um, cardio and her training, which is what we teach you how to do in all of my programs because it's the consistency and the precision that gets results. So she decided she was going to do the four-week shred and she messaged me after a week one. She was like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, tell me. She was like, I know you're going to be cross with me because I stood on the scales. And I'm like, I'm never going to be cross with you. Like, I've never crossed with anybody. It takes an awful lot to make me cross. And uh, she was like, but I stood on the scales and I've lost eight pounds. And I know I shouldn't make this mean anything, but oh my God, you have no idea what it means to lose eight pounds. Like, I've been trying to lose weight for years and this is insane. And not only that, but my cholesterol, my cholesterol was always really high and they wanted me to like, you know, they wanted me to, to go on a statin. And now my cholesterol is like down at normal range after only one week. And not only that, but I used to have really bad heartburn. And she said, and now I literally don't have heartburn ever, ever anymore. My heartburn is gone. And you're a freaking genius. And I cannot believe that this is so. And, and I'm like, and so she thinks like this program is literally life-changing. She's like, I have never experienced anything like this in such a short space of time before. And we have thousands of women experiencing this in our four-week shred program, in all of our programs, but just it's very current at the minute because the challenge is happening. And then we have the other people on the other side who are 
in the program and who are very disheartened with their results. And some of them are, you know, just a little disheartened and they're like, I really expected to see more progress and everyone else has such epic, epic results and epic progress and I'm really just not seeing the progress at all. And and so whenever we, we question um, and we say, well, you know, what did you expect to happen from this program? And they say, you know, and this is a hypothetical situation, by the way, this isn't a real person, but this is kind of, <laughs> this is what happens. So someone will say, well, you know, I joined the program and, and I kind of expected to lose like half my body fat. And, and I say, well, yeah, that is something that we say in the program. You, you can lose up to half your body fat. You know what, you know, how much body fat do you have? And they're like, yeah, 60%. And I'm like, um, okay, okay, right. You have 60% body fat. Uh, you're never going to lose 30% body fat in four weeks. It defies the laws of reality. It ain't going to happen. Like you could go from 15% to maybe like 8%. You could go from 20% to like 12%. We say up to half your body fat. Like it depends on your, your progress. But if someone's at 20% body fat, they have an awful lot of muscle um, and they work really hard in the four-week shred, they could actually cut an incredible amount of body fat in a very short space of time. And so, but you're never going to go from 60% to 30 percent like that just defies the laws of reality so this person may have also lost eight pounds in the first week and they're suicidal they're like this this is like this is totally shit like what do you mean i've only only eight pounds i expected to have lost 20 by now and so they're you know so we always question you know what what was your expectation when you come into the program because quite often whenever you see other people getting epic results and you think you're not getting any it's not because the program doesn't work or because they are getting epic results it's because your perception is different than reality so what you believed would happen wasn't actually possible in in you know or maybe you know you haven't um you know you're you're just learning the gym and you've never trained intensely in the gym or maybe you you know if you're 60% body fat you're obviously maybe not very fit so you're maybe not being able to do the cardio you know with at the same same you know steady heart rate or intensely and and so maybe you just haven't been able to give it your best shot there's so many factors that come into it but you know you have to really look at what was your expectation and was your expectation in line with reality and quite often it's not. And that's why I always teach my team, all the coaches in the program, I always teach them whenever someone's saying, I'm not getting results, we always ask first, tell me, we ask questions, what results are you expecting? And quite often we will, um, and then that will that will tell us that their results are out of reality. Because here's what else happens, okay? <laughs> this is, so here's what else happens. So, so and this happens consistently. So I, let me tell you what happened to me. I remember whenever I first started training in the gym, right? I decided I was going to train for, um, I was going to train for a bikini competition. I was like, I'm going to be a, a bikini competitor and I'm going to stand on stage. So well, I didn't really say that I got to myself, but that's kind of how I, I felt like I said it now that I'm repeating the story. So I find myself a trainer and I said to him, I want to stand on stage. I want to compete. I want to be a bikini competitor. And he was like, no problem at all. I can get you there. I was like, epic. So then I said, um, so then I said, right, so, you know, how many weeks? how many days do I need to train? And he said, well, as many as you can. So I was like, okay, well, I can train four days a week. And I understand, you know, this four days a week was like 120 pounds a week. And, you know, this trainer was charging 30 pounds an hour. So it was 120 pounds a week. So it was a big investment uh, at the time. And I was like, four times a week. Oh my God. But I, I made it happen. And I... Um, I was I was committed to my goal and I really didn't have the money. I had to work very hard. Like every penny that I earned teaching yoga basically went to pay for my training. And so I showed up to the gym four times a week and I thought I was the bee's fucking knees. I was like, look at me go four times a week in the gym. We're working, we're moving, we're in the zone, we're grooving. Like I was like, I am epic like I was I was like look at me over here I'll miss four times a week in the gym and I so because you know anytime I'd ever gone to the gym before it had kind of been sporadic right everyone else been there any of you guys like have you been there before like you, you know you go to the gym and you're like you know going to the gym is usually like a a what you know a once maybe twice a week process if you go to the gym three times a week 
you think you're God. You're like, I went to the gym three times this week. And sometimes like even, you know, you haven't really even done very much from there. Maybe you only did like half an hour on the elliptical, but like you were in the gym and you can say to people, I went to the gym three times this week. And so I was kind of one of those people. I was one of those people who, you know, was never really um, a consistent trainer in the gym. Had been to the gym, you know, over the years, trained with a powerlifter whenever I was younger. But even whenever I trained in powerlifting, like I, I trained with my trainer like once a week and I went, you know, I went sporadically myself maybe another two times a week, but that was before I had kids and everything. So this is, you know, I'm running my yoga business. I'm looking after my family, looking after my kids and I'm, I'm managing to go to the gym four times a week. And I remember that I was chatting to a friend, I was talking to my trainer at the time, and he said that, you know, um, this, you know, someone else had had come on, you know, on the back of me. Someone else said, oh, I saw that you're training Kim, and I, you know, I wanted to come train too. And he said, no problem at all. Like, how often do you want to train? And she said, well, how often does Kim train? And I was like, did you tell her? Like, <laughs> did you tell her? And he was like, did I tell her what? I was like, did you tell her? Like, I train four times a week. Did you tell her? Like, oh, and I'm like, <laughs> she, she's like, never going to be like as consistent as me. Because I like, I train four times a week. And here's why I'm telling you the story, right? See, whenever I first started in the gym, I thought four times a week, I thought I was a feckin' superstar. I was like, oh my God, like, look at me over here training four times a week. See now, see if I train four times a week, I've missed a workout. I'm like, only four times a week. You know, for me, because training isn't who isn't what I do, it's who I am. Like it's part of my lifestyle. I train five days a week. I usually train Monday to Friday, but if I miss a day during the week, then I train a, a day on the weekend. But five days out of seven, I train in the gym and I have a very specific gym workout that I do. So if I if I'm only training four days, I've missed a day. Whereas in the beginning, I thought four days was absolutely insane. And that's why I was like, yeah, did you tell her? Did you tell her like tell her how, how much I train? Well, the reason why I'm telling this story is because see whenever, here's what happens, right? Especially my, especially one of my programs. So you join, you join one of my programs, you join the four-week shred and you, and you go, uh, oh, this is great. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Kim Constable, I've been following her on Instagram for a while. She looks amazing. Like I will look like Kim Constable. So I'm going to buy the four-week shred because like I've seen some of the results on Instagram and they're absolutely epic and I'm definitely going to do this program. And so you buy it and you download the program and you go and you start reading it. Yep. Yep. All looks good. Right. Fantastic. And then you come to the bit and you go, oh my, what? Two? Two hours cardio? Two hours cardio, seven days a week? No, no, hang on, hang on, that can't, that can't be right. So you look through it, no, hang on, let me see. So, no, it says here rest day. No, re so rest day just means off the gym. Hang on, as well as six days, hang, hang, uh, hang on, six days training in the gym and two hours cardio, seven days a week for four weeks. And you go, is she out of her fucking mind? What, what kind of sadist? What kind of sadist? Like, make, make, would make you train in the gym six days a week and do two hours cardio a day? Like, does she, like, she calls it an active rest day. Rest. She calls two hours cardio rest. Is she out of her fucking mind? <laughs> it's like, I can imagine people reading these, reading these programs and then they look at the, the meal plan and they go, it, hang on, is it, am I going to be eating this every, tofu, tofu. Tofu's on the, on, okay, it says tofu, that's fine, I can have tofu, hang on, no, wait, tofu, tofu, every day? No, wait, no, that can't be right, tofu, hang on, yep, definitely week one, let me check week two, yep, there's tofu again, week three, hang on, tofu, tofu every day, is she out of her, and then you think, no, no, it's fine, I can do this, I can do this. So you start the program, you go, okay, Kim Constable says it works, so it works, right? So I'm going to make this work. So you, you so you start the program and you post in the Facebook group and you're like, yeah, let's do this, athletes. I'm, I'm into this. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. But you know what? I'm committed to getting the results. And so you start the program and you have this expectation in your mind. You have this expectation in your mind. You're like, I know how I'm going to look after four weeks, right? I'm going to be ripped, shredded. If I don't look like Kim Constable after four weeks, I'm going to ask for my money back. There's, there's this, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So you have this expectation in your mind of how you're going to look. And so you start in the program. And you start doing the cardio and you start, you know, cooking the meals and you make the meal plans. You go, actually, this is great. Not that hungry. So, yeah, eating five times a day. Love it. And then week two and you're like, okay, so I'm kind of over this now. I'm exhausted. I'm fed up. Like, really? Like, I, oh, I need a day off. I can't cope with this. Like, okay, but this is right. Just motor on, motor on, motor on. And so by the end of the week two, you've, you've literally done uh, 28 hours of cardio. <laughs> 28 hours of cardio. You've done... 12 gym sessions, you've eaten tofu every single day for 14 days straight. <laughs> 
it's beautiful tofu. It's very, very well prepared. And you know what? I'm not really selling this that very well. There's people listening to this going, I was going to buy that four weeks straight. There's no fucking way I'm ever buying it now. Um, but like, you have to be a wee bit insane to do it. But we do get insane results. And so, you, uh, so you're eating this every day and you're going, tofu every day. Oh my God. And so you reach the end of the two weeks and you go, I have worked harder than I have ever worked in my life before. My body is wrung out. My body is exhausted. I have never been this consistent. I have not missed a workout. I have not missed a cardio session. I have not missed a meal. I have eaten every single goddamn thing on that meal plan. I have downed every single goddamn shake. And you're like, I know that my results must be epic. So I'm just going to stand on the scale and I'm going to examine myself in the mirror. I'm going to take progress pictures. And so you take your progress pictures and you stand on the scale. And if you have a Holy Grail t-shirt moment, you might be like, oh my God, this is the best program in the entire world. This is unbelievable. And if you don't, and you had an expectation in your mind of how you were going to look, and you don't look that way, or you haven't lost 42 pounds that you thought you were going to lose in the first two weeks, you're suicidal. You're like, this is not fair. I have worked so hard. I have gone to the gym six days a week. I have done 28 hours of cardio. I live my life in the gym. I never see my family. My friends think I have disappeared. My kids think that I sleep in the gym. I, 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 I'm like, you're like, I have cooked, prepared, prepped. Surely I should see more progress than this by now. And you get really indignant. You're like, this is not fair. Like, my results should reflect the work that I have been putting in because you feel entitled. You feel entitled to those results. You're like, I, I deserve those results and I feel cheated because I haven't got them. And herein lies the problem. <laughs> and this is what happens on every single program that, that, that we release, even on the 18-month program which is not anywhere near as hard as the four week shred it's a, it's like it's it you know it's a marathon it's a slow steady marathon the four week shred's a sprint right it's a sprint and the sculpt and shred the 18 month program is a marathon and so you know but but people the, the problem is right so people join it and quite often many of the women who join it are not consistent gym goers they're not consistent you know they haven't been consistently working out maybe doing zumba or body pump but not that there's anything wrong with those but if you want to look like a physique athlete you're gonna have to give up the zumba um <laughs> body pump ain't gonna cut it anymore girls you know you're gonna be you know lifting with the big boys now in the gym and so the problem is when Whenever they they get into a gym program and they get into a way of eating, they start to be, you know, really, really consistent. And this consistency seems hard, right? Because it's a learning curve. Just like me, whenever I first started training and I was training four days a week and I thought I was the bee's knees. I thought I was the queen because I was training four days a week because four days a week for me seemed hard. And I was tracking every bloody morsel of food that went past my lips. Like a goddamn fitness pal was like literally on speed dial in my phone because I was having to track everything. I was anal about tracking and anal about, you know, going to the gym taking my supplements, everything. So it felt like work, right? It felt like it was an uphill struggle because it was new. And this is what happens when people join a fitness program or join, you know, the Sculpt and Shred or join anything or start a new business or start a new job. Everything feels hard because it's new. And so you feel like your results are more deserving. You feel like you should get better results than you're actually getting. Because one, your expectation is out of line. And two, you have absolutely no data, right? No data whatsoever. Here's the thing about shredding, or here's the thing about me, should I say. Me and shredding, actually. So I have I have competed uh, seven times, right? Only seven times. Many girls have competed many, many more times, but I've competed seven times. And actually competing seven times in three years isn't actually that bad, right? There's, that's quite a lot of shows in three years. So I've done seven shows in three years. And so I have basically shredded, well, three times fully, but I've done another shred, which is four, but I've shredded in between shows as well. So I've done a lot of shredding in my life, okay? Not like millions, I haven't done like 22 shows, but you don't need to do 22 shows, let me tell you, seven is enough for you to understand what, what's involved. But, you know, whenever I first did my very first shred for a show, I really had, shred for a show, that's like, that, that could be a tongue twister, couldn't it? A, a tongue twister that could go very wrong. But whenever I did my first shred, I really had no idea what to expect. Like, I was terrified. I looked at my plan that my trainer gave me and 
I was like, I don't know if I'm actually this is actually going to work. Like, I had no clue if it was going to work. So I was constantly, obsessively looking in the mirror. Do I have abs yet? Is, is the fat coming off? Do I need to work harder? Do I not need to work harder? I, I was really like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And of course, I didn't trust the plan because I'd never, you know, but I did. Well, actually, I didn't follow the plan the first time. That's not true. There's loads of podcast episodes on that little faux pas that I made. I decided I knew better and I didn't follow the plan. So I didn't get shredded. Well, I did, but not like as shredded as I could have been. Um, so, but that's a story for another day. But, you know, I... Um, I have shredded many, many times. And actually that faux pas, that mistake that I made the first time I shredded stood me in really, really good stead because it showed me what not to do. And it also, you know, showed me what I'm what what happens if you don't follow a plan. But I have shredded really successfully for every single every single show that I have done. Oh, there's that tongue twister again. Every single show that I've done. And I know what works and what doesn't work. But apart from anything else, I now have data. I can look in the mirror after four weeks of shredding and I can say, oh yes, I'm exactly where I need to be. Because whenever I whenever I diet for a show, I take weekly progress pictures side by side wearing the same outfit in the same light at the same time of day. So I, I know exactly how to measure my progress and I can look and I can, I can even look and I can say, oh, this time four weeks in from a show, I wasn't this lean. I know that I'm leaner this time around, so I'm actually doing really well or I can give myself an extra refeed day or I can increase my calories slightly or I can decrease my cardio slightly. I know how to play around with the variables because I can say, well, I'm still six weeks out from my show. Am I exactly where I need to be or am I not? The only reason I can do that is because I have data. So the problem with, with most people is that they have, they don't measure their expectation against data whenever the data comes in. What do I mean by this? So whenever you start a fitness program, you need to set a goal. Setting a goal is very important. You've heard me preach about this. I'm like a broken record over and over and over again. You need to set a goal, okay? So, but what you have to remember is the goal is a hypothesis, it's a hypothesis, okay? Because if you've never dieted to say 10% body fat, you don't know what to expect. You don't even know if you can get there, but you can say to yourself, okay, I'm currently 20% body fat. I have 14 weeks to get to 10% body fat. Let's give it a shot and see what, what needs to happen. You know, so you have a hypothesis that you're going to be able to get there, but you, you have to test the hypothesis and get the data. And then you can say, and then once you've built the data, then you can say, okay, my hypothesis was correct. I, it took me 14 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever to get here. Or you can say, interesting, my hypothesis was incorrect. So you can say, I, I hypothesize. This is your, if you're working it out for yourself. Okay. Or on the four, or even if you take, do like a program like the four week shred, where it's all specifically laid out for you. You can say, well, I've never done this before, but Kim has given me this plan and it seems insanely hard. So let's see what happens if I if I train, you know, six days a week, do two hours cardio a day and follow the meal plan exactly as it's laid out. Let's see what will happen. I My goal would be for my abs to be visible or for my, you know, my back to be more defined or my goal would be to go from, you know, um, 100 and, 147 pounds to... 135 pounds, but I don't know if it's possible, but let's have that as a goal and see what happens. So you have a hypothesis, you have a goal, which is basically a hypothesis, and then you start the program and then you get the data. So then once the data comes in, you measure your results. What was my goal? My goal was 135 pounds. What did I actually end up achieving? Right, I got to 138 pounds. Okay, so with this plan, then I know now I know that it's possible to lose nine pounds, but it's not possible to lose any more. Or maybe it is. Maybe I could have worked a little more intensely. Maybe I could have lifted heavier. Maybe maybe I might try the plan again in a couple of months and I'll see if I tweak this or tweak this. Or maybe if I didn't have those couple of cheats that I had, or maybe if I you know didn't mess around with the meal plan a little bit, maybe I could have got better results. So you can do it again and you can test your test your hypothesis again. But the problem comes whenever we don't see everything we do as playtime. We don't see it as data. We don't see it as learning. Like I always say to the, the people in my programs, I say, you know, see it as they say, oh, I don't know what, should, should I increase my calories or should I not? Like, I'm really scared. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, just increase your calories and see what happens. And they're like, really? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, just increase them by a hundred a day and, and then take your progress pictures in two weeks. If you're leaner, 
increase them again. If you're not leaner, keep them, keep them where they are because then you, you know, you've hit the sweet spot. And they're like, oh my God, this is so liberating. I'm like, what, you know, why, you know, the problem is we want everything to be exact. We want everything to be specific. We want everything to be exactly the way we need it to be. Like we're control freaks, but underneath control is fear. Fear is always underneath control. I need to control my external environment in order to feel okay on the inside. Do you ever go into hyper cleaning mode at home? Like if, you know, do you ever like, do you ever feel upset? Like you've had a breakup or that you've had a fight with, you know, a member of your family or there's, there's something happening in your, in your world where you, you feel slightly out of control or maybe there's something happening in work or whatever, or maybe you just like look at your house and you're like, I can't live in this pigsty any longer. And you go into crazy cleaning mode and you like clean and clean and clean, spring clean, spring clean. What happens when it, whenever whenever you do that, what you're trying to do oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes is control your internal environment. You're trying to control how you feel in the moment. So you have this feeling inside that you can't get rid of. And you just think that if you can control your external environment and have everything sitting perfectly and clean and orderly and, and, in, and in perfect order, that somehow the bad feeling inside will go away, that you'll feel because, you know, a lot of people control their external environment in order to control their internal environment. If you know anyone who has all of their records in alphabetical order, you know, I have my spices in alphabetical order. So sometimes that can be, I have a need inside for things to be in order. So I'm going to order them in order for this feeling inside to go away. That's kind of what happens whenever we join fitness programs and we have this expectation. I need it to be this way. I need to know all the data. I need to know all the variables. I need to control every single tiny part of it. Because if I control every single tiny part of it, then the, then, then the bad thing would happen or then I can have success or whatever. We think we can control the outcome. We're not, we don't go through life playing. We don't go through life just having hypotheses and just testing it and seeing what happens, just like throwing it out there. Woohoo, what happens if I do this? What happens if I increase my calories? Oh shit, I got fat. Okay, well, let's let's decrease them again or let's add in some cardio. Woohoo, the fat went away. We, you know, we, we place our happiness on things. We place our very soul, our being on, on getting results. You know, I learned this with my baby, with my first child, Corey, I was like, ultimate, now I am, a, like, listen, okay, I, I've gone full, full circle. I'm the ultimate chilled out mom. Now I have four kids. We radically unschool our kids. They don't go to school. They get up when they want. They eat what they want. We live respectfully with them. We live, a, you know, I ended up, I ended up being like the, from the ultimate controlling parent to like totally kumbaya and like sleeping in a massive 18 foot bed with my kids. See if you Google Kim Constable bed online, you will see a picture of my, my, oh my, my husband already divorced me. Um, I did an interview with it with a, a newspaper that went viral about our bed. Um, but anyway, if you Google Kim Constable bed, you will see our 18 foot beds. So, but whenever I first started parenting, whenever I had my first baby, Corey, I found a copy of Gina Ford's Contented Baby Book. Now, I actually love Gina Ford. I think that she's very well researched and I think that a lot of her information is fantastic. It doesn't suit everybody, but I like a baby in a routine. I like to have some kind of routine because I like some kind of predictability with my life. Even now I do. But then in the beginning, I was like, if I can just get this child perfectly in this routine, then he will sleep through the night. I had like placed my child sleeping through the night from a very young age as some kind of badge of honor. Like it would mean something about me as a parent. Like I would be like a worthy human being if I could get my child to sleep through the night at a really young age. I think this happens whenever you have like your first child. You really, you just want everything to be kind of picture perfect and you place a lot of your happiness on like whether they do things like sleep through the night and don't sleep through the night and all that crap. Like totally, like see by the time Jack came along, my number four, he was like trailed around in a pram. Jack just like was like bunged in a corner on a sleeping bag and like if he woke up well then he woke up <laughs> there was no nap times like structured nap times with Jack but um, with Corey I was convinced that if I could just follow the Gina Ford routines if I could get him to sleep exactly at the right time wake him up at exactly the right time feed him at exactly the right time she lays these routines out in her book um, you know for different age groups I was convinced that if I could just for one day get him to follow this routine perfectly, he would sleep through the night. And I remember this epiphany moment that I had one day when Corey was about eight weeks and I got him perfectly 
into the routine. And up until now, I've been tearing my hair out. Like if you woke up 10 minutes early from a nap, I was like, no, no, or 45 minutes. No, 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 no. You're supposed to sleep until 2.30. It's not perfect. Like I really, I was a bit of a demented, crazy bitch in those days. <laughs> not, not much has changed. And so I was just convinced that if I could get Corey to sleep perfectly and just to fit these routines perfectly, then he would sleep through the night. I remember one day, he did everything by the book, everything. He woke up at exactly the right time. He went down for a nap at exactly the right time. He woke up from his nap at exactly the right time. He had all of his food. He did everything he was supposed to do. You know, I was breastfeeding at the time, so I wasn't eating food. And I remember whenever I put him to bed that night after I did his his night feed, like you know, his last feed at like 10.30 or whatever before I went to bed, I was like, this is the night that he's going to sleep through the night. I was like, I can't believe it. Finally, I've got the routines perfect. And I went to bed happily. I think it was about 11.30 after I'd finished feeding him. And I laid my head on the pillow and I went to sleep. And at about 1.30 in the morning, I heard, because he didn't co-sleep with me. Actually, he was co-sleeping with me at the time. And, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. This is not how it's supposed to happen. No, I did everything perfectly. Everything. I followed that goddamn book perfectly to the letter. You cannot be awake and needing fed. I didn't know about growth. Well, I did know about growth spurts in those days, but like I never considered it. But I was, and I remember just having this epiphany moment of, oh my God, oh my God, doesn't matter how much I follow that goddamn plan. This is a human being I'm looking after. And it doesn't matter how perfect you are. It doesn't matter how perfectly you follow the plan. It doesn't matter how perfectly I get that child to sleep or eat or whatever. It's it's unpredictable. I have no clue what's going to happen because this is my first child and he did not come with a manual. I wish that he had, but he didn't. And so I, I just learned in that moment, I was like, I need to stop obsessing over this goddamn book and these routines because... It ain't gonna happen. And I don't think I did stop obsessing. I think that I like still tried a couple of times to fit him into the routine. And, and of course, any other days that Corey, you know, fitted perfectly into the routine, he still didn't sleep through the bloody night. I think he slept through the night for the first time when he was about 13 weeks, which actually was really quite young because let me tell you, none of my other kids did. They were, I was, because we co-slept, I was like breastfeeding them all through the night. I don't think to keep them quiet. I was like, yeah, have a tit, no problem. I should sink back to sleep. We all slept in this enormous bed. But, you know, so my, my point is, you know, it doesn't matter how perfectly you follow the plan. It doesn't matter how perfectly you do everything you ain't gonna know until you know by the time your fourth baby comes along like me then you'll know you'll hear the cry and you'll be like eh, no nah, you're not awake you're not you're that's just you you're just like fussing in your sleep you can go back to sleep and you just know that they don't need fed because you have predictability you've raised four of the little babies up until now you've had many night feeds and many breastfed babies and on all of the different you know whether you bottle feed or breastfeed or whatever you do you know you have data and the reason why you have data is because you have more than one child. It's the same with doing a shred program, the same with doing a gym program, the same with doing anything. It seems hard in the beginning, like your first baby is soul crushing because you've never done this before and you don't know what to expect. And so it seems like so much work whenever you bring this perfect little baby home. See, by the time you bring your fourth home, you forget you have them. Like you forget you have them. Like I remember leaving Jack... <laughs> This is a terrible story I'll tell you before I finish. I remember it wasn't Jack, it was Maya, my third baby. I was like, I decided I was going to get fit after I had Maya. And so I would go to the gym and I would um, run on the treadmill in the morning and I would try to time it with her morning nap so she would sleep in her carry cot. So this particular day, I she was asleep. She fell asleep on the way to the gym. I carried her into reception and I thought I had to go up to the changing room. And I thought, I'll just set her here. It was a very small gym. I thought, I'll just set her here in reception for a minute and I'll go and just bung my stuff into a locker. I'll come back and get her. And so I went left her in, uh, and uh, you know what, seeing America. I know all the Americans are going, oh, collective gasp of horror. She left her baby in the reception. It was a private gym in a five-star hotel. The receptionists were there in front of me. There was like, you know, it was very safe. I would never leave my child in an unsafe place. Let's just say that. But anyway, I'd set her beside the... Um, set her in the reception like behind a bush I think and then gone to the run up to the changing room left my stuff in the in the locker came back down forgot I had a child went into the gym got on the treadmill and was running on the treadmill do 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 listening to my music or whatever and then about 10 minutes in I suddenly thought I feel like I'm missing something I feel I'm not you know the way you just have that feeling of there's something missing and then I was like oh <gasps> And I looked through the glass, you know, it was the gym had like big glass doors and I could see the reception from where I was and I could see my baby. And there she was 
sound asleep in her carry cot in reception. I'd forgotten that I had a child. And so I went, I jumped off the treadmill, I went running in reception, hoping no one would see me. And I lifted her up and the girl behind reception was like, I thought that was your baby. She goes, I had my eye on her. She goes, I was pissing myself laughing, thinking that woman's forgotten about her child. I was like, yeah, third child, third child. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a third child. So my point is, by the time you get to a third child, you forget that you have a child at times because you're so used to having children and trailing them around and, you know, and doing stuff for them. It's second nature to you. Same with the fitness program. The more you do it, the more you know what results to expect. But people get really hung up on the results whenever they first join a fitness program or they first get into something because truly they don't know what to expect. So what is the moral of what I'm trying to tell you in a very, very long-winded way? The moral is stop obsessing and stop getting hung up on things. I wrote a post on Instagram the other day and I, I said, I think that everybody needs to go on the CTOR diet. Do you know what the CTOR diet is? It's, it's CTOF, not CTOR. Okay. It completely ruined that. Let's start again. People need to go on the CTOF diet. You know what the CTOF diet is? Chill the fuck out. Seriously. And I still haven't done it right. It's CTFO. You know what I'm trying to say. Chill the fuck out, people, right? Chill out. See it as a hypothesis. Get the data. Have a bit of fun, right? Seriously, have a bit of fun. Don't get hung up and believe that you need to get this result, that you need to see this, that you have to have abs at the end of the four-week shred or your life is not worth living. You know, have a hypothesis, have a goal. You know, by all means, you want to you have that goal and you want to have that hypothesis. You want to say, this is what I want to achieve by this. But you have to go into it thinking that I'm just going to, I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to see what actually happens. Here's what I think will happen. Let's go and see what will actually happen. Measure your results and adjust your expectations to reality. And then you will never be disappointed. I always used to say that, you know, expectations um, always lead to disappointment. And if you never had any expectations, you would never be disappointed. So try not try to have goals and hypotheses, but don't have or hypotheses don't have expectations. Expectations lead to disappointment. Just have fun with whatever you're doing. Work hard at it. Remain consistent. The big C word, consistency. Have discipline, consistency. Stick at it. Don't give up. And then just see what happens at the end of it. And then do it again and do it again and do it again. If you don't stick at something and you don't have consistency and you don't finish the thing, then you're never really going to know what results you could have got. You have to actually see things through to the end and finish in order to be able to measure results. If you never do that, you're never going to be able to measure and you'll always be disappointed and you'll always be looking for the quick fix, the next big thing, the fad diet, the miracle cure, because you'll never really be able to test what you are actually capable of, whether it be in a fitness program, whether it be in business, whether it be in a hobby, whether it be with your family, with your kids, whatever. You'll never be able to test your limits because you'll never actually have reality data. Reality data is truly what, what you can measure yourself against and where you can make marginal gains and where you can really achieve greatness in your life. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I love teaching this stuff. I think that fitness goes so much deeper than just showing up to the gym and counting your macros and doing all that. Like there's a whole mindset behind it. And I think that if we adjust our expectations, we can achieve greatness and we can really push ourselves to, you know, and, and then go on and, and achieve bigger and better things, you know, once we've once we've conquered the smaller things. So um I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Like I said, um, love teaching this stuff to you guys. Don't forget to leave that review on iTunes. If you want to win a copy of The Sculpt and Shred, maybe it's not in your budget, but you can choose any of our programs. We have a full program suite. If you want to see what programs we have available, go to our website, thesculptedvegan.com, um, click on programs and all of the programs that we offer and all of the meal plans are there. Shameless plug for the <laughs> shameless plug for the website. But let me tell you, I will never lie to you, okay? I, I offer the world's most insane fat loss program because simply that's what it is. You know, I offer an 18-month program when no one else in the world offers it because truly that's what it takes to build muscle. And like, I'm never going to bullshit you. I'm never going to sell you a shitty program that doesn't work and doesn't get results. All my programs get epic results. Um, and, and, and that's why, that's why I sell them. And that's why I, I don't lie to people. So, um, guys, you have been awesome. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for showing up consistently and listening week in, week out. Um, and I will see you all next week, or I will talk to you all next week on another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now.